feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We're going to get, of course, to the criminal referrals against President Trump in just a minute. But first, Chief Justice John Roberts steps in and issues a temporary hold, basically, on Title 42 in the border, basically saying to the Department of Justice, you have until tomorrow to come back and give us your reply And then a final judgment will be made, which could happen immediately because it's set to expire on the border. That's that health provision on Wednesday at midnight. Or there could be an extension. But interesting that Chief Justice John Roberts steps in, puts a temporary hold on the lifting of Title 42, which so many people said not only will add to the crisis at the border, but make it catastrophic. Uh, The White House isn't saying what they plan to do. If Title 42 is lifted, they keep saying, oh, well, they maybe have a plan. If it does get lifted, they've been pushing to get it lifted, even though they pretend like they're basically following the courts. But we will keep you posted on this. There could be a decision as early as tomorrow or Wednesday, or the Supreme Court could just decide to keep Title 42 in place, the full court, and also maybe temporarily keep it in place. So this could have a dramatic effect at our southern border, and we're going to keep you posted on that. Also, by the way, tonight, a busy news night, another Twitter files, number seven, just dropped just a little bit ago, showing more basically coordination and working together between the FBI and Twitter and the timeline of when that laptop, remember the computer repair guy in Delaware who was looking at the Hunter Biden laptop? Well, he handed it over to the FBI December 2019. Never heard from them. Then he handed it over to Rudy Giuliani, August 2020. Rudy then, according to these stories, and Rudy's even talked about this here on the show, then gave it to the New York Post. So this series of events basically shows that the FBI also sent over documents to people in Twitter. We're definitely sort of almost creating a war zone, if you will, Uh, between all the different parties at Twitter and the FBI. It sure seems like they were awfully, awfully cozy. And also, one of the emails saying that the FBI is basically paying millions of dollars for the staff at Twitter. That sounds a little unseemly. We're going to get to that also tonight. But boy, the big, huge news, of course, is the January 6th panel recommending four criminal charges for President Trump for his actions before, during, and after the January 6th riot. In just about two or three minutes, we are going to have great noted law professor Alan Dershowitz here on the show to get his take. But first, I think it's outrageous. I think they did not prove their case. I didn't hear anything new. They promised there were going to be some big blockbusters today, that this was going to be the bombshell that was going to change everything. And when we heard it, it was like nothing new. Uh, Maybe you could say bad behavior, but that's a big difference between criminal charges. So if you put it all together, you go, wait a minute, do they really have a case? Boy, does this look like desperate politics as the clock is ticking for now the House to switch over into GOP hands. And because of that, you know that they're just trying to do whatever. 
whatever they can to make the case to do whatever they can to go up against President Trump. And that was my take on it. I don't think there's anything there. It doesn't mean that the DOJ is not going to prosecute. They're a highly partisan political DOJ, as we have seen from the very, very beginning. It's not to say that they're not going to go forward with charges, because that certainly is something that they may do. I wouldn't rule anything out with this administration. And remember, Merrick Garland was appointed by Joe Biden. What did you make of the hearings today? This is historic. It's the first time in history that you have a former president who is being charged right now with a referral. It is not a physical charge. When I use the word charge, it's basically they have made the referral to the DOJ. The DOJ, of course, is the one to prosecute. But take a listen. Here is the vote when Benny Thompson said, let's do it, guys. Those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, no. In the opinion of the chair, the eyes have it. The eyes have it. And because of that, they basically had a unanimous decision. It was nine to zero. Seven Democrats and two wannabe Democrats, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. What else did you expect from this partisan committee? I expected nothing short of that. And the irony of it all is the person who announced the charges was Jamie Raskin, who questioned the electoral votes, do you remember, with the 2016 election. I mean, boy, is that the pot calling the kettle black. It's okay when they do it, but if somebody else does it, then it's not correct. To me, this just reeks of politics, guys. And again, it still doesn't mean that there might not be charges. What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you think this is all about politics? And do you think, regardless that now the DOJ is going to have this, that they're just going to use it. They're going to go to like maybe a jury in like D.C. where it's 95 percent Democrat. It's almost assured that they can't stand Trump. That, you know, helps them going in, of course. And maybe they won't see it as partisan as you and I do. But to me, it is really downright frightening. Um, Bad behavior, maybe you could say, by President Trump, maybe some bad decisions. Maybe he should have, you know, called people off sooner and said, hey, go home. But if you listen to what he said, he said peacefully and patriotically. And when you put all that together, you go, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. And regardless, boy, the Democrats today, you would have thought Trump did the whole thing, that he orchestrated it from beginning to end. Take a listen. This is Elaine Luria, and she is the one who basically said Trump is derelict. Take a listen. In summary... President Trump lit the flame, he poured gasoline on the fire, and sat by in the White House dining room for hours watching the fire burn. And today, he still continues to fan those flames. That was his extreme dereliction of duty. That was his extreme dereliction of duty, that it was his, basically, responsibility to call everybody off, that he was the person who provoked it. That's what they're saying. And yet, if you look at that, to me, this is really troubling for free speech. I think about the comments that Maxine Waters said was get in their face. Remember all that? Remember Chuck Schumer saying Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, you won't know what hit you. So today, I didn't hear anything new. And all I heard is a bunch of partisans who clearly, clearly have 
plans to stop President Trump any which way bit loose. There's a big difference between maybe questionable or bad behavior and criminal behavior. And who better to describe all of this than noted law professor Alan Dershowitz, one of the best in the business. Professor Dershowitz, um, what was your take on this today? I think what the Congressional Committee did was unconstitutional. Congress is not allowed to take a vote on who to prosecute. There's a provision of the Constitution outlawing bills of attainder, and bills of attainder are what the British Parliament used to do. They used to specify who should be prosecuted and who shouldn't, and the framers of our Constitution prohibited that. Also, Article One of the Constitution limits the legislative function to passing laws, general laws, not to focusing on individuals and sending them off for prosecution. That's what happened during the McCarthy period when they would target individuals who had been perhaps communists or fellow travelers and would uh, put them on lists and send them to Congress. That's just not a proper legislative function. And this committee was a kangaroo committee, obviously. Um, Speaker Pelosi refused to allow um, two members of the who are real Republicans from being on the committee. They would have cross-examined, they would have introduced evidence, but they were prohibited from being on the committee. And so it was a one-sided, completely one-sided committee. And I think the referrals will be tossed in the garbage pail by the Justice Department. That's certainly what they should do. Now, you say you think, and obviously that's what they should do, um, you believe. Do you think really they will do that? Or do you think they're just so damned and determined, as clearly this committee is, uh, just to go after Trump? Well, there's a special prosecutor. He's doing an investigation. I think that he'd be well advised to limit the investigation to material he can come up with. I think to the extent that they rely on congressional material, that might taint the prosecution because of the separation of powers and checks and balances in our Constitution. So I don't know whether he'll be indicted or not, but if it is, he is, it won't be because of the referral. It'll be because of the independent investigation by the special prosecutor who seems from what I've heard, like a, a, a pretty straight shooter, although he, you know, he is a Democrat and was an appointee by Obama, but he has a reputation of being a straight shooter. Now, what do you think happens next? Um, can you give us a sense, Professor Dershowitz, of sort of what happens? Because, of course, uh, they made this referral. Um, they're going to basically, you know, submit. They submitted their report. I think it's going to be mostly made public on Wednesday. Is there a timetable that will know if DOJ accepts it or doesn't accept it, or will it just I be a mystery for a while? 100% positive the D- Department of Justice won't accept it. They will write a polite letter <clears throat> thanking the committee and saying, of course, we'll study what you've said, but they won't accept it. Uh, and then when the Republicans take over on January 3rd, they will probably abolish the committee and maybe rescind the report. You know, politics is played by both sides. Now, if they rescind the report, does that fully rescind the report? I think they will do that. Uh, Does that take everything off the tables or does it not revert what happened before? It depends on what you mean by off the table. It's there. The media will still have access to it, but it will have no impact. But even today, it has no impact. Um, there's, There's no legal effect of a report by a committee that is composed in such a one-sided way. It's just media. It's just a show. Even if it's not rescinded, it's just a show. And uh, we didn't learn anything from this committee report. We know the first day they showed, they purported to show President Trump's January 6th speech. 
they left out the words patriotically and peacefully. Uh, they doctored the tape. Once they did that, it was so clear that you were not going to get anything objective from the committee. Yeah, as soon as they did that, and some of the editing has been so yeah. selective. The other thing I thought was really interesting, Professor Dershowitz, was today, this was fascinating. I think it was Elaine Luria who brought this up, or no, it was Congresswoman Murphy who brought this up, who said, you know, the FBI knew that there were threats of violence prior to January 6th. So did the Capitol Police, listing them all. And I thought, well, what did you do? What did you do? You're listing all these agencies. There's reports that President Trump had asked for extra national, you know, National Guard folks days before and that it was rejected. We, I hope we get the answer to that. We won't certainly with this committee. But I thought when they did that, it really hurt their case because if, if they had all this information, why was it so easy to get into the Capitol? And I think the um, Jan- after January 3rd, when the Republicans take over, they'll have uh, subpoena power. They'll have hearings. They'll look for the actual tapes um, undoctored and unedited. And then we'll see what's on all the tapes. And the American public will have a better opportunity, obviously, to uh, make its own evaluation of the facts. I, you know, I'm as you know, I'm not a Trump supporter. I voted against him twice. If he runs again, I plan to vote against him a third time, depending on who runs, obviously. But I'm a supporter of the Constitution. I'm a supporter in the rule of law. I don't care who the person is who's targeted. I want it to be fair. And this is just not fair. Absolutely. And Professor Dershowitz, before you go, I know you've got uh, a whole bunch. What's your recent book? Tell us again your recent book. Uh-huh. I love it. Well, number 50, it's called The Price of Principle, uh, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. I'm working on 51 and 52 right now, and uh, I love to write. So there'll be more coming, hopefully, as long as the good Lord gives me the power to continue to write. And let me wish everybody on your show a happy Hanukkah, a merry early Christmas, and uh, I hope we have a great, a great New Year's and a great next year. Absolutely. And many blessings to you and your family, Professor Dershowitz. We love having you and and your great perspective. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Um, What are your thoughts, everybody? You just heard Professor Dershowitz. I thought it was really powerful saying it basically is all politics, uh, that the DOJ won't accept this. And if they do, he doesn't think it'll necessarily go anywhere. Uh, Let's go to Larry. uh, Line four real quick. Larry, your thoughts. You know, I, I want to say, what a shame, what a shame that they had to steal the election and, because they would have been able to impeach him a third time. They, they, really, they really undermined themselves, you know, by stealing the election. If they would have left Trump in office, they could have impeached him a third time. Yeah, or a fourth or a fifth or a sixth. Believe me, the way they're going. You, know, the you know, the thing that's interesting, Larry, is it's really fascinating to see the Democrats pushing this line at the same time that we're seeing all these things with collusion with Twitter, basically, and, and working in cahoots with the FBI and the suppression of Hunter Biden and so many of the end word that uh, the White House and Democrats are working on trying to see how they can combat everything that might be coming down the pike with Hunter Biden once the GOP takes the House. Doesn't that seem disingenuous? I mean, it's like for them to be, oh, they're fighting the subpoena. Apparently there's committees that the Democrats are organizing right now in big money so that they can fight any subpoenas that might be tied to Hunter Biden. What a hypocrite. Well, all I could say, reader, is the expression goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. All this collusion is all the smoke and the fire. It shows underneath it all is the fire 
of a stolen election in 2020. And uh, that's what that's what all this collusion means. And this what, what the hat what this what this joke committee is trying to do. Oops, hey, and Larry, Larry, we're Larry, we're losing you. But thank you very much. We're going to continue, everybody, with your calls after the break. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It looks like the committee, the very partisan January 6th committee, has a president, a present for President Trump uh, for criminal charges. But you just heard from Professor Dershowitz, who said he's not even a fan of Trump, but he is a fan of the Constitution. He didn't vote for Trump. He said he might not vote for him again. But he said, I can't believe that they are violating the Constitution. In his words, he doesn't feel Congress has the right to do it. You think about it. This is the first time in American history that somebody is actually pressing charges within Congress, referring them to DOJ, which has the capability of whether to prosecute and pursue them, but to make a referral for the former president of the United States. You better darn well make sure that you got a lock-solid case. And what we heard today was a bunch of gobbledygook. And they were saying, oh, he was inciting people. He was inciting them when he was telling them to go peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. Um, you could say, yeah, maybe he should have told people to go home sooner or do that. But again, that is not criminal. Maybe it's not the right decision, clearly, but it's not criminal. What about comparing it to Maxine Waters? How about what she was saying? Remember? Remember these lines? How insightful is this? And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant... In a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. That sure sounds like, you know, soliciting violence, frustration. Here's a little bit more of Maxine Waters basically going after Republicans. Take a listen. I am very hopeful and I hope verdict that they say guilty 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 and if we don't we got, we cannot go away and not just manslaughter right i mean oh no not manslaughter no 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 this is this is guilty for murder i don't know whether it's in the first degree but as far as i'm concerned it's first degree it's coming from what happens if we do not go get, get what you just told what should the people do what should protesters on the street do i didn't hear you what happens what should protesters do well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we mean business. We've got to get more confrontational. They got to know me. We mean business. I mean that's insightful. I didn't see anybody charging Maxine Waters, sending a referral to DOJ. Are you kidding me? One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Uh, Let's go to David, line four. David, your thoughts. Yes. uh, Good evening, Rita. Hey, good Um, evening. I actually agree with Dershowitz about the um, that Department of Justice will likely do nothing with these referrals. But I disagree with what he said about them being unconstitutional. Anyone can make referrals to the Department of Justice. If you don't like what Maxine Waters did, 
with Black Lives Matter, you can make a referral to the Department of Justice. They can toss it in the trash, but you have a right to do it. And I think it's important for the country to know exactly what President Trump did, because I believe that man knew well before the election he was going to lose. And if the Department of Justice is listening, what they should do is subpoena his internal polling data before the election, which will prove that Trump and Giuliani and everybody else knew that they were going to lose this election and the conspiracy started months before the election. Well, David, if you may, David, if you use that, remember the polls in 2016 said he was going to lose, too. And boy, did he win in 2016. So that's not really a good barometer. Uh, what would be interesting, I'd love to see what like Nancy Pelosi would say. Uh, was she asked indeed to have National Guard there? I mean, the standard, I just think when you're going after the former president of the United States, you better be ready. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families, a powerful story coming from Fredericksburg, Virginia, where sheriff, uh, Sheriff's Lieutenant Tabitha Merrill was driving home from a holiday event, still dressed as Mrs. Claus even, when she noticed a woman in crisis hanging over the bridge railing. The lieutenant was driving home shortly after 8 p.m. after playing that role at a local function when she noticed a young woman on the Falmouth Bridge bending over the railing. Merrill made two U-turns in an effort to check on the woman. She called for assistance after seeing the woman with one leg hanging over the bridge. Still wearing her Mrs. Claus outfit, Lieutenant Merrill approached the 25-year-old woman and began using her crisis intervention training. City Police Sergeant Amy Lynch, who also attended the very same event as Sergeant as Lieutenant Merrill, was on her way home and stopped by to assist Merrill. The two officers were able to safely pull the woman off the railing. She was taken to a nearby hospital to receive mental health assistance, noting that both Merrill and Lynch usually take different routes home. Police Chief Brian Layton said their appearances on the bridge was either divine intervention or fate. He said, I truly believe these officers were meant to take that route that they did to help save this woman's life. I applaud them both for flawlessly utilizing their crisis intervention skills. And we are talking, of course, about January 6th. And I say it's a bunch of hogwash. What we have heard, they promised today the committee in their final hearing. They've had 10 of them. This was the final one where they were presenting their full report. And I didn't hear anything new. I didn't hear anything that was, like, revealing. But if you listen to Adam Shifty Schiff, he thinks everything Trump does is wrong. Take a listen. I think there's sufficient evidence to to charge the president. This is someone who uh, tried to interfere with a joint session, uh, even inciting a mob to attack the Capitol. Um, if that's not criminal, then uh, then I don't know what is. And if you listen to Rudy Giuliani, of course, who's a host on 77 WABC and the Red Apple Audio Network, and of course, President Trump's former attorney, he doesn't hold Adam Schiff in high regard. I mean, to watch Shifty Schiff standing there making pronouncements when he is probably the biggest proven liar in the history of Congress, and they all sit there pontificating, it, it tells you how dangerous things have become in our country. And noted constitutional 
law professor. And we just heard from Alan Dershowitz, who said that he doesn't think it should be referred. It might be referred, but he thinks that it'll probably just sit there if it goes to DOJ. Because, like, what prosecutor in their right mind would prosecute a former president on this half-baked information? And Jonathan Turley, also a very noted constitutional scholar, says he was waiting for some bombshell today, the way that they were talking, especially Adam Shifty Schiff, and he said he didn't hear it. This committee again promised that there would be new evidence being displayed today. Uh, There was a couple videos that we had not seen before, but there was no direct new evidence of a a criminal act uh, by the former president. That's not to say that his conduct wasn't reckless or reprehensible, but that's not a criminal act. And it was basically a rehashing of what we have seen in virtually every one of these hearings, and they simply attached these referrals to it. That's what I saw, too. They basically said, "Okay, here are the bombshells. It was like, where's the bombshells? And if you're going to say that President Trump is responsible for January 6th, well, then you should be prosecuting Maxine Waters. Uh, What about Chuck Schumer? Remember, Brett Kavanaugh suddenly had an assassin show up at his home and Chuck Schumer made a lot of threats against him and Gorsuch. What about all the people who are supporting the riots of 2020? Are they responsible for the deaths and the billions of dollars of destruction, certainly horrible behavior. They never can, you know, condemn them. But are we going to suddenly start charging them to where are the charges? That's why the Democrats are such a bunch of hypocrites. It is shameful. It is a shameful abuse of justice. And here's a little bit more from Jonathan Turley basically saying, you know, what is ahead? As a criminal defense attorney, I was really struck at how weak this was. Uh, you know, they, they keep on referring to things that might have occurred, appointments that might have been made, letters that might have been sent, but ultimately were not. That's not a compelling case for uh, a criminal prosecution. Many of us were really looking to see if they had anything new that was actually direct. I mean, you've got to keep in mind that within a few weeks, the alleged victim in this case, the House of Representatives, which is representing the people, of course, is going to change. I mean, the new House is going to come in and they're either going to try to rescind or renounce uh, this referral, which puts the Department of Justice in a curious position. I do think uh, that Andy's right, that the department will do what it will do regardless of this referral. What we've always said on, on this network uh, and some of us have emphasized is that the more serious threat is coming from Mar-a-Lago, not January 6th. Uh, and I think that's still the case. I think if you if you see this final meeting, you get the feeling of sort of a group of actors that refuse to leave the stage. I mean, you've got, you know, a, a bunch of folks that are repeating exactly what they have said now in repeated hearings. And each time they've they've said, we're going to be bringing in some new powerful evidence. And then they repeat it. Um, you need more than that uh, for a prosecution. You need more than mere repetition. And you need more if you're going after the former president of the United States. Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It appears to be a desperate attempt by Democrats seeking relevance, trying to justify why they've spent a year and a half and millions upon millions of dollars of our time and our money. And yet at the end of the day, this is what they got. Pathetic. Pathetic. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Victoria 
line four in Vermont. Victoria, your thoughts? Uh, Hi, Rita. Uh, I'm very concerned about one of those charges, uh, specifically inciting an insurrection, because I believe there was a statute passed right after the Civil War uh, trying to prevent uh, any Confederates from running for office because they engaged in an insurrection against the Union. And I think uh, the DOJ will ultimately want to apply that here to keep Donald Trump from running for office again. That's the end game. Now, let me ask you, and, though, Victoria, by the way, uh, Raskin brought that up actually today, the the, the theory that um, it was in place back then. Do you think all of this is going to backfire, though? You know, it, it looks so heavy handed and it looks so uh, blatantly partisan about the whole mission is to keep him from running from office. Because guess what? Uh, bumps and all, he's still the guy who's filling the stadiums. Bumps and all, he's still the guy, even the whole thing with the NFTs, the little digital playing cards last week, where it was this big announcement. To his credit, he sold them all out within less than a day. $4 million worth. I can't think of, you think if, if uh, Biden had a digital playing card? You'd have to, I'd pay them $4 million not to look at it every day. You know, Victoria, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but I, I do think that, I mean, these people don't care about the Constitution or what's legal or illegal. They just need to uh, to whip up mass hysteria and uh, keep going with this because they, you know, it's flimsy. There's no, there was no honor in this committee. Uh, it was a Stalinist show trial. It, it was uh, it was very partisan isn't the word for it. It was a prosecution without without a defense. defense. By the way, Victoria, yeah, no do, you think, do you think history is going to view it that way? Or do you think it's going to be the bipartisan January 6th committee determined that, you know, how do you think history is going to view this moment? History will look very badly at it. It it will go on, go down as one of the shameful events in American history. And it's an absolute disgrace that it turned, it's turning out this way. But these people don't care. His persecutors just want to get him at any cost. They don't care how it looks. They don't care who dislikes it, who's against it. I'm sure they think if anybody protests against it, they'll round them up and throw them in jail without due process the way they rounded up so many people engaging in in January 6th who actually did nothing wrong. They don't care. They just want to persecute. Yeah, no, clearly. They're on like a vendetta no matter what. Victoria, thank you very much. Let's go to Eddie. Line 7. Eddie, your thoughts about all of this? Oh, Rita, first of all, I I want to say that I want to thank Stan for calling up Joe Piscopo's show. Uh, last night and being so gracious and thanking him. And I got into Freemasonry through a mistake, and we don't talk about religion or politics. Uh, so in that way, I think we would all get along with Stan. You know, we have Yeah, and by the way, by the way, opinions. Stan is, is, is likable. I, I never mind different opinions. I think that's America, no, and no. I, think, I think it's interesting to hear all sides, Eddie. I hate people that are canceled Correct. for whatever reason. You know, this is America. Oh, oh yes. My physics professor said, man, I put splinters under your skin to make you think. And that's what Stan does. He makes us think because we can't be in our own cocoon. This is like, uh, you know, being in Congress and people fighting the Constitution and getting things done. But I have to tell you, a peaceful part of my life was on January 6th. My neighbor asked me to go down. I knew nothing about it. I found myself at 
thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. I heard Rudy Giuliani say, we must fight, fight, fight. And if anything, I figured they'd go after him, but I think they prosecuted pro-Rudy enough. And not after him, our gracious president got up and he said, peacefully and patriotically, go and support the process. We started moving. And I was in a crowd of proud boys. For some reason, I talked to them. One a lawyer, one a human resources vice president, and I saw two police officers, Capitol, and they had stars on their shoulders. They were officers. The lawyer said they don't like Trump. The mayor doesn't like Trump. Pelosi doesn't like Trump. She doesn't want anyone else down here to protect the place. It's going to fall apart. And he got a text, and he said, oh, my gosh. They said in front of the Capitol building, Rita, they're singing. Ava Maria, or Amazing Grace. And you know what? We were going there. It was too cold. I've got calls from Washington, D.C., because Verizon probably sold my number and my my position. But read it. If you're going to break into a place, what do you do if you're a cat burglar? You go around to the back of the house. This is what all these people did. They went around the back of the White House, and they broke in. And, you know, I, I grew up. In a fire department family with a Midwestern mother, I thought everything was peaches and cream in life. And I got a good education. In the yeah, hospital. real quick, Ed, real someone quick. Wanted, someone wanted your position. They made plans militaristically that took it, to take it. And the, the side that we're not on, there is a cash-paid program of people that are always, always plotting and planning, I believe, Rita. Yeah, no Here's doubt, no part. doubt. By the way, no doubt. Eddie, thank you. Great call. Let's go to Stan, by the way, who is on line four. Stan, your thoughts. What a pathetic conversation. Well, Ed, by the way, what Eddie, a pathetic hang on, wait, Stan, hang how on. How are you? By the way, how are you? How I'm are doing you, well, but Eddie was okay. just praising you for calling into Piscobo's show last night, Joe Piscobo's show. Yeah, well, I, you know, I had to thank, you know, on Sunday night, I wanted to thank him for the event, and he was wonderful, and WABC, and uh, they did a great job, but uh, let's talk about today's reality. Uh, that wasn't real. That was fun that time. This is sadly reality. Uh, what today the... Uh, January 6th committee did was historic. They referred uh, criminal possibilities to Donald John Trump, which he deserves, and uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, they just did what they have to do. Now it's up to the DOJ and so forth. As far as that gentleman who just called and what he saw, we know what was there, okay? This wasn't a, a Christmas party. By the way, he there. was there, Stan. You know okay, better he, he was, was there. there. So what? What the hell was he doing there? He was one of them going in? He so, was one of the people peacefully protesting, as uh, Trump had instructed. Huh? Go ahead. Yeah, and okay, you can go along with that if you want. That's fine. Uh, the point is uh, we will see what happens uh, with the DOJ and what they will do. Besides, Georgia is still involved in uh, some form of prosecution. So this isn't over yet. And, of course, as the new Congress takes over, they will dissolve the Republican, uh, the Republicans will dissolve the committee and get rid of the whole thing. We know that's coming and so forth. But the DOJ will go on, and we'll see what will happen. Hopefully by this, the uh, spring or in the middle of the year, we'll know exactly what indictments or criminal situation will be done. They may not do anything. I mean, if they that's look about, at the law hey, stand, they may not do anything, by the way. That's a possibility. Uh, you know, I, again, it's up to the DOJ. I'm hoping they do do something. Because uh, it is necessary that in a democracy, when people try to possibly overthrow a country, that there must be justice and there must be some accounting. 
and we will see. As you said, it might not be absolutely nothing. Then again, it might be a lot. So we'll see. We will see. Thank you. Thank you, Stan. Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side. Go ahead, Mike, line eight. Your thoughts about this. Oh, well, you read it. Yeah, I think what's just as important as go home peacefully and dramatically is that 99% of the people follow Trump's orders. So, you know, it's just maybe 1% or 2% of all the hundreds of uh, thousands of people that were there. How do, how do we know that they weren't drinking? How do we know they weren't smoking pot? How do we know that they weren't uh, uh, be, being incited by Black Panthers and Antifa? You know, uh, but 99 percent of all the people that were there were uh, all listened to uh, the president, President Trump. And they all went home peacefully and were peacefully. All of a sudden, that doesn't matter. It's usually in all elections and jury anything. It's the majority rules. Why is it now that only one percent rules? You know, you know, the other thing, too, I think, Mike, there is footage and I think it was New York Post posted it, where there's officers who are like, hey, come on in. Just take your time. Hurry up if you could. You know, you could sit there and go there for a little bit. But if you don't mind, hurry up and take your pictures and leave. That sure, this was the shaman and a couple of these others. And that sure didn't look like it was some violent protest. They were like, oh, is it okay, officer? Could you take a picture of me? Could I sit down here? Sure, but just hurry up. Does that sound, that's a lousy protest. That's a lousy riot. No, I know, Rita. Uh, we'll leave it in God's hands. That's all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Let's go to Max in New Jersey, line six. Max, your thoughts? Yeah, Matt, yeah, re, re, yeah, Rita. One of the most feared aspects of English law was this bill of attainer, and that's what they're doing with the bill of attainer. That's Congress voting in that you're guilty of something. And right now, that's what the January and it was so feared that the founders mentioned twice in the Constitution that you can't do something like this. Congress cannot prosecute somebody, and that's what they had in mind, and that's what right now the Democrats are doing. They're they're wearing the fabric of the Constitution thin, and and they want to rip it up, and they say it clearly. And by the way, that's exactly what Dershowitz is saying, that it is way, way too much. Uh, let's go to Judith, line five. Judith, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Listen, a few things, a couple of things. Nancy was responsible the security, and she had the authority as far as securing the Capitol, not President Trump. He did not have the authority. He could only suggest, which he did two days before, to have a hundred, how much? 10,000 National Guardsmen, because he was afraid that it might get out of control because of a lot of people coming. She refused. You got to wonder why she did that. Also, why didn't Nancy allow Jim Jordan, and I forgot who else, to be representative for the Republicans? Instead of Liz Cheney, who, as far as I'm concerned, is no Republican, you could tell right away. And she lost through her teeth. She's not even going to be part of Congress now. Why? And why did the Capitol Police usher people in? Okay. And I got to laugh at Stan. Overthrow the, go- overthrow the government. There were no guns. There was nothing of the kind. It's just the whole thing is political theater, as I said last time. And it's just very unfair. And uh, I by, don't know. By the way, I Judith, mean, despite all the things that you and I do agree on, uh, despite all that, you know, who knows where DOJ is going to go? They may end up prosecuting. I mean, they get the referral. Uh, Alan Dershowitz thinks they should throw it out. He thinks, um, you know, that maybe, who knows, maybe they'll go to a D.C. jury or something like that. But he thinks they should throw it out or will sit on it or something like that. But, boy, this is dangerous territory. You've got a former president of the United States, and it's like it is like the flimsiest case 
in terms of the counts that they are talking about. And again, bad judgment, you know, maybe, yeah, people said, yeah, he should have said something or done something sooner. That is not what he's on trial for. He's on trial for potentially, and I'm talking about not a criminal trial, but a congressional trial, if you will, a one-sided trial for sure, for criminal charges. And the question is, did it make the case to have a criminal referral to go to DOJ? And I say, no way. Your thoughts, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. I say it is one big political witch hunt, no new evidence, just a committee that's trying to justify its existence for a year and a half and millions upon millions of dollars, just like the Russian collusion hoax. Um, You know, and again, criminal charges are serious stuff. So did the January 6th partisan panel make the case? Let's go to Teddy. Line one. Teddy, your thoughts. Oh, how you doing, Rita? Uh, Rita, I feel that the uh, January 6th committee has proved, in my opinion, and I'm not a lawyer, because, Rita, if the shoe was on the other foot, you and Phil and Norman and BJ and Dom and the, the female callers they're called, you would have been hanging the Democrat candidate if it was uh, if it was a democrat by the cross okay and you would be actually that's actually that's not true teddy and also you know you heard what i played with maxine waters she got a free pass maxine waters was not referred with a criminal charge and she said get in their face take to the streets and get confrontational if the ruling isn't in your favor that was a george floyd verdict I mean, come on, Ted, listen to the language. I agree with you. I mentioned that to you previous calls. But you got to be fair. It has to be fair. And that's why this committee isn't fair. They don't look at their own. They just try to throw darts on the other side. And based on that, if they came back and said, we're going to charge Maxine Waters, we're going to charge, you know, Chuck Schumer, I wouldn't think it's appropriate. I don't like what they said, but... I don't think they should be charged, and I sure as heck don't think President Trump should be charged based on the evidence we've seen so far. Go ahead, Ted. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you agree that this is the first president in this country that has not, didn't allow the peaceful transition of a presidency to the next presidency? Well, there were some who didn't show up for other inaugurations who were not happy either, if you go back in history. And Ted, also, if you look at members of Congress, and in fact, recently, uh, we're going to play right after the break, in the next hour, Jamie Raskin. This is the guy on the committee who was reading the charges today. The irony of it all was he was questioning the election and the electors for President Trump in 2017. So what a phony baloney that guy is. And how dare he say, oh, how could you question the electors? He did the exact same thing. Shame on him. That is obscene. It has to be fair. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. 800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Well, the committee did it. They actually decided to make a referral against President Trump. And to me, what a bunch of hypocrites. If you look at the history of this committee, first and foremost, there's a number of election deniers on this Democratic-led, very partisan committee. They clearly had it out for President Trump from the beginning. They didn't have anybody on the other side. I'm not surprised there was a criminal referral. I actually thought there would be a criminal referral. There are four criminal referrals. There are four different counts. And so when I look at the history of this committee from the very, very beginning, and we talked about it here on the Rita Cosby Show. I mean, at the beginning, as soon as I heard that they didn't want certain members of Congress on, like a Jim Jordan, or they didn't want some of these others, I thought, Uh, There's something really fishy here. If you don't have anything to worry about, you don't mind having the other side. But clearly, this committee was steadfast. They were ready. They wanted to do whatever they could to go after President Trump any which way but loose. And if you look at even the accounts in their own words, basically, a lot of what they're going after is Trump's inaction. And yeah, I don't think he did a good job on certain things that day. I think he should have called people home but because they listened to him and looked up to him. But again, bad behavior doesn't necessarily mean it is criminal. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to where you think this is headed. 1-800-848-9222, First off, here is Jamie Raskin reading one of the criminal referrals. Take a listen. We make a referral based on Title 18, Section 1001, which makes it unlawful to knowingly and willfully make materially false statements to the federal government. The evidence clearly suggests that President Trump conspired with others to submit slates of fake electors to Congress and the National Archives. We believe that this evidence we set forth in our report is more than sufficient for a criminal referral of former President Donald J. Trump and others in connection with this offense. And here is a little more because he said he had a whole line of offenses for President Trump. Take a listen. We believe that there is more than sufficient evidence to refer to Donald J. Trump, John Eastman and others for violating Title 18, Section 371. This statute makes it a crime to conspire to defraud the United States. In other words, to make an agreement to impair, obstruct, or defeat the lawful functions of the United States government by deceitful or dishonest means. And here is another one. This was also a biggie. We believe that the evidence described by my colleagues today and assembled throughout our hearings warrants a criminal referral of former President Donald J. Trump, John Eastman, and others for violations of this statute. The whole purpose and obvious effect of Trump's scheme were to obstruct, influence, and impede this official proceeding, the central moment for the lawful transfer of power in the United States. And here he is wrapping up, basically saying, you know what? 
it all comes down to basically his motive, Raskin and everybody on the committee trying to make sure Trump doesn't ever run again, although he, of course, has already announced, but trying to do whatever he can to block President Trump. The fourth and final statute we invoke for referral is Title 18, Section 2383. The statute applies to anyone who incites, assists, or engages in insurrection against the United States of America and anyone who gives aid or comfort to an insurrection. An insurrection is a rebellion against the authority of the United States. It is a grave federal offense anchored in the Constitution itself, which repeatedly opposes insurrections and domestic violence, and indeed uses participation in insurrection by officeholders as automatic grounds for disqualification from ever holding public office again at the federal or state level. And this is the same Jamie Raskin. I mean, this is the irony of it all. What a bunch of hypocrites. The same Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin, who was among a number of Democrats who questioned the electors in 2017 when Trump took office, basically saying, you know what, Uh, this guy uh, shouldn't be president, that he's illegitimate. He's basically, here he is on tape, you'll hear it, I mean, there's no gray about it. It's okay for him to question the peaceful transfer of power, but it's not okay for President Trump. Shame on you, Jamie Raskin. Here it is. What purpose is member right? Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Right. So he's questioning the certification, and that's okay, remember? But God forbid President Trump goes into that area. What a hypocrite. Let's go to BJ, line one. BJ, your thoughts about this? This is outrageous. Yeah, Rita, thanks for taking my call. You know, this is impeachment number three. Uh, and uh, in a way, it's good because this uh, I think the country has grown weary of this constant harassment of a, a candidate that 76 million people voted for and they're tired of it. Um, you know, the rule of law is a funny thing because once it's gone, it's very hard to get back. And uh, you had a caller earlier, my favorite math teacher. He decided to say uh, this would, if the shoe was on the other foot, if say Barack Obama had a a, uh, a rally to to uh, try and uh, challenge the election results, uh, <clears throat> the Republicans would uh, uh, be. Uh, you know, chomping at the bit to crucify him. That's just not true because we don't let cities burn to the ground. We don't let riots ensue. We have a respect for law and order, and we would have alerted upon receipt of information uh, that there was trouble headed to that rally. We would have alerted the National Guard and accepted the 20-plus thousand troops that President Trump had offered. So the, the the capital would have been secured, and we wouldn't have had the riot. And that's what it was. It was a riot. This 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 nonsense about an insurrection is is purely that. It's nonsense. You know, BJ. Big- um, before you go forward, you brought up a great point about the security, and I couldn't believe they actually went there today because part of their case is. That, you know, boy, all the warning signs were there. President Trump knew that it was going to be, you know, maybe potentially violent because the FBI knew it. The Secret Service knew it. 
all these people knew it. So Trump surely should have known it. But so what, but, but that goes their conspiracy. And also what it, what it does is also is, so where was the security? Remember, that's the big thing. Just like you said, there are reports that President Trump himself asked for uh, up to 20,000 national security, uh, National Guard individuals, and that he sent it over. And there are reports that Nancy Pelosi saw it, turned it down. I mean, it defies logic. It's It's really bizarre, BJ, that today... They started going on and on and on about how all the warning signs were there, that it was going to be violent, that it was going to be this. And my first thought was, then why didn't you have any protection? If, if there was so it was so obvious and it goes back to Shirley, I can't believe this. And I say this, BJ, I know the Secret Service. I know the FBI. I know the U.S. Capitol Police. I was senior correspondent in Fox in Washington for years. I know many of these guys and gals. They are great people. Um, yeah. But what happened was clearly they weren't told to be there. I mean, if the, if yep. it was as bad as they were making it sound to be, there was some Capitol Hill police, obviously. But if if it was like this dire circumstance that they make it out to be, then they would not have just been hands down. You know what I mean? There's yep. something fishy here that we don't know, and it looks really bad. And it's like it's like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. On one hand, yep. you know, um, oh, he's this is horrible. He knew everything was happening. Ba 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 ba. And and he inspired it all. It was this great planning. If this was great planning, this is the worst protest I've ever seen uh, because there weren't a lot of people that were armed. There were just a handful that, you know, we've heard of. And second of all, uh, a lot of them were just kind of like meandering down the hallways, taking advantage, unfortunately, of the breach and everything else. Uh, but but the fact that that they make it sound like, oh, you know, obviously it was so bad and Trump wanted this to happen. Um, where's the proof, BJ? Go ahead. Yep. Well, no, this speaks to what a, a larger point is, and that is the, the Democrat Party, uh, those in power, do not have a respect for the rule of law. In fact, they have a vested interest in the uh, uh, dissolution of the rule of law. This speaks to one of your callers, Jimmy from Brooklyn, who constantly says this is how they're trying to destroy the republic by just ignoring the laws and letting everybody do whatever they want. You look on their watch, destruction of our borders, withdrawal from Afghanistan, our economy is in tethers. You take a look at the, the, uh, what's happening culturally, our schools, the, the, the control of big tech uh, that's been used to silence and do away with our free speech, our First Amendment. And this is all consistent with uh, everything that he has pointed out, that is Jimmy from Brooklyn has pointed out, that this is how you destroy the country from within. And uh, this, again, we're weaponizing the, 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 uh, our, our government. But, but do you know what also the thing out is? out of office. Exactly. He's out of office. And second of all, all I heard today was, you know, you could say, yeah, clearly he, I think, should have sent a message earlier. But the, who knows what he really knows and what he really saw and what he was really doing, because I don't trust anything this committee is doing. They're so lopsided. They cut off the peacefully and patriotically protest because they don't want you to know that he said that. So, I mean, right away, it's like, where's the case? I mean, if they really played what he really said, I don't think there'd be a case, BJ. And I think, you know, that to me is is the whole basically uh, deal of the entire thing. Uh, let's go to Joe. In New Jersey. Thanks so much, BJ. Let's go to Joe on line three. Joe, your thoughts. Yeah, well, my thoughts is that uh, everybody's saying, why did Nancy Pelosi do that? 
Well, I think she was ahead of the game. She knew that the people would be steamed up and there would be trouble. And there might be instigators in the crowd. And even if it wasn't his people, there could have been instigators in the crowd to start it. And once it got started, everything went out of line. And, and it was like a, a trap. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, I think that's there's – so, why think. would you not have security? And there's no way, by the way, there's no way that Capitol Hill police, based on what they were describing it as, oh, there were threats, there were this, there were that. If that's the case, there's no way that the Capitol Hill police would basically have a basically a skeletal staff. I mean, it's just inconceivable unless somebody said, oh, don't worry about it or we have different intelligence. I mean, I hope we get to the bottom of it because the American public deserves answers. Joe, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Susan in Brooklyn, line four. Hi there, Rita. A couple things. First of all, for the insane um, people that call and are so think that that uh, the uh, when the Republicans uh, are in control that they're going to drop the um, committee of January 6th. No, 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 no. We're going to um, investigate and get and show the real truth about it, how um, uh, there were uh, potentially, according to Christopher Ray, who would not say there were not FBI agents there um, prior to the break-in addressed as Trump um, supporters. He refused to say that that was false. Um, and this, uh, uh, Ray, what is his name, Epps? Ray Epps. Yeah, character. Ray Epps, who, who, by the way, Ray Epps claims, you know, he's just a citizen. But there's something odd about all that, too. But go ahead. Uh, uh, and the fact that no, none of these hundreds of people that they uh, have, uh, you know, in this prison in uh, Washington, none of them have been charged with insurrection. Insurrection is not uh, one of the charges of any of them. Most of them have some very have um, have. Um, uh, misdemeanors, and they still haven't even had their day in court. They are being totally mistreated. Well, and you know, and, inter- by the way, Susan, you bring up a really powerful point about the prosecutions of those that I agree with you are like behind bars almost for life for even being anywhere near January 6th, you know. Um, but these guys, it's interesting, the guys and gals, there's about 800 prosecutions that they've had. And DOJ has had to prosecute them. Now, they thought they would get them to turn. They thought they would get them, like, to somehow some reveal, some big bombshell. Well, they clearly don't have it. And they never claimed that Trump was a co-conspirator. That was what was required for basically to be an insurrection. And even though, like, who was it, Jamie Raskin today said, you know, uh, you can't have the lower-rung people serve time and the leader basically walks free— um, I mean, if they really thought there was this master co-conspiracy, then they should have had President Trump listed as a co-conspirator in at least a few of those 800 cases. They never did because they wanted to try to throw the book at these individuals. It didn't work with their story against these individuals. And now they're in a box because they can't suddenly come out and say, oh, well, Trump was a co-conspirator to all of them. Well, if it was so great, why couldn't you have brought it up in court? And they didn't. So you're right. Uh, Not only are they lousy attorneys, uh, they are lousy politicians. We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
come Santa Claus, here come Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Blixen and Blixen and all his reindeers pulling on the reins. They'll we love the Christmas music here on the Rita Cosby Show. I hope all of you have so a fantastic holiday. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be with you guys uh, on through the week, through Friday. Then I'm going to be feverishly wrapping my presents on Saturday, trying to finish my last minute shopping. Um, and then, of course, we've got Christmas. But I may also go to Midnight Mass. I always love going Midnight Mass. Sometimes I go to St. Patrick's. Sometimes I go somewhere else. Uh, but I always love doing that and basically starting the holiday that way um, and being thankful for so much, and especially all of you here who call into our shows. We, we, could, we could do 10 hours of Rita's Ringers. We always get so many Rita's Ringers. We could do like, you know, like a 24-hour marathon with all of your awesome, awesome calls. So keep them coming because we love hearing from all of you. And speaking of hearing from, people are going, well, no, when Trump said it, he was inciting everybody on January 6th at the rally. I want to play you again what he said. And you tell me if you think this was inciting insurrection for the first time in American history to go after a U.S. president. Are you kidding me? Take a listen. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. And then he further said, take a listen. This is what he thought after everything. He sent a message and said, again, peace. Take a listen. You'll hear it. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. Now, this is interesting. I firmly believe part of the thing that really hurts the case against Trump by these pseudo-Republicans and the seven Democrats by the January 6th committee is that if they really thought Trump was like staging this and knew that he lost and did all these things, if you ask Trump today, do you think that 2020 was stolen from you? He would say, yeah, he still believes it. And in fact, one of the things that came out was we heard John Eastman, who is the attorney for Trump, saying that, or or basically they were citing him, that he was supporting President Trump, that he kind of was part of this idea to concoct this idea that he thought legally maybe might be something that would work. Uh, That's something has never been challenged in Constitution before, that maybe it is illegal legal, not illegal, legal, that it could be appropriate. It just maybe is new terrain from a legal perspective. So he was listening to the advice of his counsel. So all of those things, I think, actually help Trump tremendously. It wasn't like he was totally on his own and said, listen, I know, you know, I know everything's legit and blah, 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 but the election was stolen. And I find it also really ironic and just so outrageous because this comes as we're hearing so many of these details from Twitter, courtesy of Elon Musk, basically showing the cahoots that the Democrats and Twitter and the FBI were in to basically suppress anything tied to President Trump, basically on social media, anything that was like his position or glowing of Trump, God forbid. But also anything that was tied to Hunter Biden was also suppressed. So, I mean, it's outrageous. As we're finding out these details, you go, and we've got a wide open border right now. Our southern border is an absolute disaster. 
talk about a dereliction of duty. We have an American president that has yet to go down to the southern border. Title 42 is about to be lifted potentially as early as this Wednesday. And our president and his 40-year political career has not gone down to the border. I I mean, that's outrageous. There's some report he did like a two-second drive-by during a campaign stop many, many years ago. I call that a dereliction of duty. But they don't want to talk about that. We'll continue with your calls. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Ohio, where in a rare event, the mayors of counties of the mayor of the county in Hamilton, Ohio, the three largest cities there came together to honor together Butler County's Veteran of the Year. During the Hamilton, Ohio City Council meeting, Hamilton Mayor Pat Moeller and others signed a proclamation signing Fred Bailey and recognizing him, 75 years old, for his volunteer work to honor and support his fellow veterans. Muller believes that the proclamation is the first of its kind, uncertain if the mayors of Butler County's three largest cities have ever issued a joint proclamation. And he said, you are a friend of Hamilton, Fairfield, and Middletown County, and you're a great friend to your military brothers and sisters. Now, to give you some background on 75-year-old Fred Bailey, he was drafted into the U.S. Army as a college student and served two and a half years in Vietnam. And he received several military recognitions during his service, including the Bronze Star, which is awarded for heroic or meritorious achievement or service. And he also got an Army commendation for 25 missions flown in combat zones as a gunner. He also served in the 132nd Assault Support Helicopter Company and also served in Cambodia and Laos. How beautiful that they were honoring him and that all these mayors came together to honor him and his great work. I love doing Support Our Heroes every night here on The Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking, of course, about the January 6th committee, which, boy, Uh, They are so partisan. They are so one-sided. And yet today they came out with four referrals for criminal charges that they will forward now on to the Department of Justice. And now it's up to the Justice Department to decide whether or not they're going to prosecute. And if you look at the history, they might. I mean, they don't like this president. They clearly don't. They'll clearly go after him. This is the same ones that were criticizing, you know, parents as domestic terrorists These are the same ones that turned a blind eye when Brett Kavanaugh, remember, had that assassin who showed up outside his house. So I wouldn't put anything past him. Uh, But here is Rudy Giuliani's take on the whole committee, especially now. Take a listen to Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Today, a committee that has to be and will be in the history of this country, the phoniest committee uh, in the history of our, our, our nation and the most dangerous because it's not a conspiracy just with the politicians. It's with all of the pathetic press who covered it. Yeah, and here is a little bit more. They got two motivations. Every single one of them is a scoundrel. Every single one of them betrayed their country today and what they did. But if you listen to the committee, especially the chair of the committee, that's Benny Thompson, Democrat. He said, no, it was Trump who betrayed his oath of office. Take a listen to this one. To cast a vote in the United States is an act of faith and hope. 
When we drop that ballot in the ballot box, we expect the people named on the ballot are going to uphold their end of the deal. The winner swears an oath and upholds it. Those who come up short ultimately accept the results and abide by the rule of law. That faith in our system is the foundation of American democracy. If the faith is broken, so is our democracy. Donald Trump broke that faith. Sounds good, but where is the proof? Especially if you're going to go after, for the first time, an American president, the former one, and now another candidate for office for president? You better have all your cards in a row. And boy, are they searching and grasping for straws. And you know what? It would have been great. I think what's so sad is I think the American public deserved to know the answers. I would have loved to have heard all the details to find out, okay, subpoena Nancy Pelosi. Find out what she was asked. Was she asked about security? Let's subpoena a whole bunch of people. But let's tell all sides of the story. Are we ever going to hear it? Or are we only going to hear the old partisan left side that we have been hearing for the last year and a half, costing millions upon millions of dollars at taxpayers' expense? Just like the old phony Mueller Russia probe, the old Russian disinformation. Boy, January 3rd is going to be interesting. Here is Liz Cheney talking about what she says was the worst of what Trump did on January 6th. Among the most shameful of this committee's findings was that President Trump sat in the dining room off the Oval Office watching the violent riot at the Capitol on television. For hours, he would not issue a public statement instructing his supporters to disperse and leave the Capitol, despite urgent pleas from his White House staff and dozens of others to do so. So his inaction is what she says is criminal. That is a really slippery, dangerous slope. Because you can make the case that things that Chuck Schumer has said in the past was a lot more than inaction. It was downright insightful, contrasted to what President Trump said, oh, peaceful, patriotically protest, go home, be peaceful. Listen, remember, to what Chuck Schumer said not that long ago, and he said this on the steps of the Supreme Court. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these decisions. Boy, that sounds threatening. A lot more than I heard from President Trump that day. And what about what Kamala Harris said in the height of all the BLM riots? She was supporting them. I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting on it that I, that right, I had that's right. for the first few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. They're not going to let up. They should not. They're going to keep going, basically burning, beating, looting. You know, and it's interesting. Today, I'm happy to hear that they were talking about support of the officers. I'm thrilled because, you know, we love our men and women in blue. 
but they don't mention any of the officers that were beaten during the riots of 2020. What a bunch of hypocrites. Let's go to Judy, line three. Go ahead, Jude, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, I believe um, that Nancy Pelosi planned this, and it was intended. And it was three to four things I saw that made me realize this had been pre-planned. And number one is that she knew three days in advance that this was going to happen, and she refused the National Guard, and she did not request extra security. Another thing, if you think, if you know in advance that there's going to be a riot, why would you bring your daughter to the Capitol to film? It didn't look like her daughter was scared. She was there with her camera crew, and they were filming the people running up the steps. That's a great point, Judy. You're right, because that camera crew was right there. And remember, she was like, wasn't she like chewing something at the same time, like eating like a Twizzler or something like that? I mean, it didn't really look like it was like panic in the air. It was like, uh, here's what we have to do. It was like almost like she was reading a script. And just like you said, how convenient that her daughter was there. If this was supposed to be this like utmost uh, serene, respectful proceeding, uh, why was she sitting there eating a Twizzler, hanging out? And having the daughter film it all, and you're right, it just, it looked, it did look stage. I 1,000% agree. Uh, let's go to Norman. Norman, your thoughts. Line four. Yeah, Rita. Um, I, look, I, I think that they, of course, they just recommended, but once it goes to the courts and the legal justice system, it's it's a whole bunch of nothing burger. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's going to deal with anything criminal um, touching him. Um, and, and on a certain level, I think the Democrats should hope that that's what happens, because if um, if Trump is arrested, um, jailed, um, we will have a civil war situation in this country. Um, you know, 40,000 people go and see this guy uh, and, you know, at a moment's notice, um, uh, you know, at least, you know, 50 percent of the people. I mean, I think it was more, uh, you know, voted for Donald Trump. They're not going to take that easy. And uh, on a certain level, they should just uh, let it go. But, uh, you know, they're but not. They, won't. they don't they learn won't. from history. They won't. That's yeah, the issue. And you know that. You know that. They will not. Uh, they are yeah, so and, determined. And that's why they will not learn from history. They will not learn from history. And I don't just mean American history. They don't learn from world history. You know, the persecution is is not going to end well. It ends with it ends with detention centers. It ends with um, genocide, possibly. And you know, and and you know, it. Uh, I mean, I just it just just breaks me up. Well, it's you know, really, it, it is so divisive at a time where you're right. It'd be nice for America to come together, but how can you when there is such a highly partisan witch hunt? And the ir- irony of it all, Norman, is that on the other side, there are reports that they're spending millions upon millions of dollars to try to do whatever they can to squash the Hunter Biden investigation. So it's like, right. okay, it's good for them, but not good for anybody who's named Trump or any Republican. I mean, that's the thing. By the way, um, Norm, uh, as you probably heard, President Trump did reply. He posted something on his Truth Social about all these charges, and he said the move makes him stronger. These folks don't get it. 
that when they come after me, people who love freedom rally around me. It strengthens me. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. That's his response. Right. <laughs> Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Norm, thank you very much. Let's go to Jennifer, line three in Boston. Go ahead, Jen. Hey, Rita. Thank you for just being a courageous voice out there in the wilderness. Um, you you have a lot more, well, let's just say chutzpah than a lot of men out there. And I just, and yet you're all lady and you're a class act, And I appreciate you. By the way, you um, too, you are, you are a fighter for justice. And I, and I always love hearing your perspective, Jen. Thank you for that. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak. I'll try and be concise, but I'm going to go jump to three different points. First of all, I'm glad you brought up Kamala Harris. I mean, she basically endorsed that not just by her words, but by her actions when she contributed to the Minnesota bail fund to get criminals out of jail, to go out. And these are people that were caught committing crimes during the riot. And yet somehow her hands are, are completely clean. She has no link to trouble that happened. How do we know who was out doing what? That she, there were people in that bail fund that came out and committed murders. Okay. So, um, there was, they are completely clear. When Officer Shay Michelonis was shot and paralyzed at 29 years old in Nevada from the neck down, okay? Nobody, none of these people that endorsed these riots were linked to that, right? Or when Captain David Dorn was shot and killed. Or when all the officers were uh, blinded and, and half-blinded by the lasers that were put in their eyes. Or when the buildings were burnt down. The police, uh, when it was a federal courthouse in Seattle, they attempted to burn that down or the uh, police station that was burnt down, et cetera. No one is linked to that. But somehow Trump gives a speech in front of people, and whatever they do after that is all on his hands. I love it. I mean, if the double standards weren't so glaring, they'd have no standards. It's just completely unacceptable. And the media in this whole thing, it's like someone robbing a bank, and the media is the getaway driver. You know what I mean? They're completely hands and gloves with the Democrat Party. And if I could just say one last thing, Tonight yep, on, ABC, on ABC News and the news bump, you know, in between programs up here in Boston, I just heard that the um, they interviewed, uh, you know, some of the members of the January 6th committee. And then they were saying uh, perhaps now Trump will, will drop out and Liz Cheney is contemplating running and she'd be a good pick for the de- for the Republicans. I, my head almost spun off that someone. I mean, talk about a conflict of interest, if nothing else, other than her complete and utter bias, is voting to put someone up on charges, and then she wants to run for the same job that he's running for. I mean, it's just so disheartening, Rita. And if people really were to be intellectually honest with themselves, and they look at the place where the country was under Trump, whether it's NATO paying their fair share, or whether it's, I mean, you can look at the first step back. You can look at the endorsement of historically black colleges so that have to come groveling every year for money. You can look at the Abraham Accords. You can look at Little Rocket Man and Putin staying in check. You can look at a lot of things, Rita, the price of gas, the price of home heating oil. Our country was in good shape, uh, lowest unemployment, lowest um, minority unemployment, the uh, highest minority uh, entrepreneurship under Trump. But no one will ever talk about it. Well, that's because they hate him, Jen. I mean, that's why that's why like they would say that's why I said if he was jaywalking, they would arrest him for jaywalking. I mean, they they would love to find anything, Jen. And now do you think let me just ask you real quick. Do you believe that the Department of Justice will prosecute? They're obviously just getting the referral from this committee. But do you think they're actually going to go through with charges? Absolutely. In one way, shape, or form or not. I mean, look at look at who they chose to be the special prosecutor. Look at the guy's wife and look at the guy himself. 
I mean, there's nothing middle of the road about the guy. I mean, don't forget Clarence Thomas's wife had to go in and testify. You know, some, you know, one judge's wife is okay to be one way and another judge's wife. It's not, I mean, like I said, Rita, the double standards, I, I, they will put him away any way they can because these people hate him more than they love their country. And yeah, well, that. it is clear that they are on a vendetta no matter what. Jen, thank you very much. Great perspective. Let's go to Sandy in Seattle, line one. Sandy, your thoughts. Oh, this is a total outrage, an absolute total outrage. Now, listen, I've got some legal questions to ask you about this. Um, I've said before, and other people have said too, and they've got proof on it, that uh, in all of the riots in like, Seattle and Portland, it would burn down for 100 days and everything. And then this one here that Trump called Nancy Pelosi and, and offered the National Guard. And now right there is a legal thing that would make the whole thing turn around and finger would point at her and she should be on trial. Now, now that's number one. The other one was that lying, that lying woman that said that she had heard, which is hearsay, which is not legal in any kind of court of trial or any kind of proceedings like this. She said she had heard that Trump put his hands up around the driver and tried to grab the wheel and everything when he wanted to go. You know, that's the day of the insurrection thing. And the guy that was in the car that was there, he was the witness, came out the next hour and said over that he would like to testify that that was not true that was a lie now that's okay now that's a witness and by the way they didn't call him and and sandy you're right that was a secret service uh guy and he was head of like the details so it wasn't like just any i mean any of them are obviously very you know esteemed you got to be a high caliber to be able to be a secret service and pass you know so much background checks but this was like a senior guy and yet when he came out and said oh that's not true isn't it interesting they didn't subpoena him? You know, I mean, any bona fide hearing would say, oh, well, let's hear from another person. Let's hear from the person you actually accused. Is it correct? Is it not? But guess what? They didn't do it. They just kind of like moved on because it didn't fit their narrative. And that seems to be the whole thing of what we've been hearing from this through and through. Uh, Sandy, thanks so much. We're going to continue everybody's calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about the January 6th committee referring for criminal charges, saying how dare President Trump question an election. Who do the Republicans, especially President Trump, think they are? Well, maybe what about Stacey Abrams, who never conceded that she lost the governor's race in Georgia the first time? Remember this? Take a listen to this. This is not a speech of concession, because concession means to acknowledge an action is right, true or proper. As a woman of conscience and faith, I cannot concede that. But will I say that this election was not tainted? was not a disinvestment and a disenfranchisement of thousands of voters, I will not say that. Do you think the vote was stolen from you? The election was stolen from you? I think the election was stolen from the people of Georgia. We had this little election back in 2018, and despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. We won! I I didn't see her, like, not being allowed to ever run for office again. Did you? I mean, give me a break. And then there was Jamie Raskin again, who was the guy who was actually reading the counts against President Trump. Turns out he questioned the electors that 
elected President Trump in 2017, but that's full well. But he has the audacity to be up there and now say, well, President Trump uh, should never be questioning an election. Uh, Somebody knows better. Uh, Sadly, we have the tape, buddy. We have the tape. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom, line three. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, Rita, I'm in uh, Gavin Gaslight and Misfit Mala country right now today. I'm leaving today. I'm in California. I'm talking to people about this. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised how many people here think like Alan Dershowitz. You interviewed him. He says, I'm not going to vote for Trump. I never voted for Trump. But you got to be fair. You got to follow the Constitution and the rule of law. You'd be surprised how many people think like him here, even in California. So I'm not too worried about, you know, if Trump runs, he's got a pretty good shot at it. Uh, you know, that, that's what I think. I mean, it's like, you I mean, still you still think uh, you think he's the guy to get the GOP nomination and you think he might be the guy to win? Yes. And but he has got to do a certain few things. I mean, I was I'm, you know, somebody suggested that he make uh, um, uh, what is that? Governor of Florida. Um What's his name? DeSantis. DeSantis. Uh, yeah, DeSantis, DeSantis. Make him his vice president or whatever presidential choice, but a running mate or whatever. But I think, I think I don't, whether he's got a shot, chance or not, because of the abuse going on against him, I think he has earned his right to run. That's all. Win or lose, he has earned his right to run because of the, all the abuse, especially the sham committee that passed resolution that they never had the legal right to do. I mean, but you, you know, but you know what's interesting, Dom? You hit a really interesting point that this could all backfire. Uh, like you just said, you know, because of all the incoming that he's had to handle, uh, that he's earned the right to basically win um, and that he should be the guy who's at least the GOP nomination. So that's a really interesting point. I agree with you. I think all of this just looks so heavy handed and so over the top. Uh, let's go to Don, line five. Don, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. It's a pleasure. I've been waiting since 10 and you're worth it. Oh, thank you, Don. I wanted to make sure I got you. Go ahead real quick. I want to make sure I get you in, Don. All right. Here's January 6th. It's corrupt actors and directors in the taxpayer theater. Nancy, Liz Cheney is going to moon Congress when she leaves. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's Cruella DeVille and Trump's family are the Dalmatians. That's all I have to say. Now, why do you say they're the Dalmatians, Dom? Why is that? Well, Nancy Pelosi has been going after Trump and his family since he became president. Yeah, no, that is for sure. Don, he is like on a single-handed mission. It is so abundantly clear. And I think Dom, who called right before you, Don, it's a D-night, uh, he basically said that this could backfire. And I think it is. I think it's going to elicit sympathy for Trump. People are going to go, are you kidding me? You know, you got this, you got this, you got that. Um, Who knows what's going to happen before January 3rd. But guess what? Republicans have the House. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences 
in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 